Hello, everyone. You are tuned in to CK Huddle, the podcast that unpacks and simplifies complex money, accounting, and tax topics that impact the bottom line. I'm Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and my co-host is Eric Pierre, CPA. We are practicing CPAs with a knack for translating tax and accounting topics into a language that is easily understood. This podcast is for everyone, working professionals, household managers, retirees, business owners, professional athletes, boomerangs, college students, and yes, you. It's time to increase your money management IQ, so let's huddle up. Welcome to another episode of CPA Huddle. I am your co-host, Eric Pierre, and I got my other co-host in the Valley. Hello, hello, everybody. It's Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA. Uh, We're here with an exciting episode with you with a nice guest that we have. Eric, you can introduce our guest for today. Yes. You know, we are continuing our series of women accounting, but we have a different perspective today, one that is much needed and one that the nation I both appreciate. We have Miss Nikki Winston from Atlanta, Georgia, the dirty, dirty. <laughs> yes, that indeed it is. And it's definitely um, hashtag hot Atlanta today. So, but <laughs> What's here the temperature? Here in Atlanta, born and raised in Cincinnati. So I want to just throw that out there. But You're from Atlanta, Cincinnati? I am. Born and raised. Oh, are you are you a Reds fan? Of course, Reds, Bengals. Yes. Okay. My I whole remember. family is like, it's like a, that's part of being the part of my family is you have to be a Bengals fan. You know, I she said hot Atlanta, but I don't think it's as hot as Phoenix. Uh, although it's a different kind of heat, you know, for sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, got that, we got that three that, digit weather over here. <laughs> on that front, Ignatius, you you can take the top spot for the. For the hotness, because y'all definitely got us over there. Yeah, I remember my first time last uh, year ago. I went to Atlanta. Uh, I went to Ebenezer Church. Man, the inside it was closed, so I couldn't walk outside. It was over 100. Man, I was sweating like crazy. Mm -hmm. I think I could have refilled their pool that they. I mean, it's the hot that that makes you not want to go outside. Yeah, that sticky just makes you feel dirty all the time yeah but i i usually go out around this time after like six or seven around this time of year because it's just it's just ridiculously hot but not as hot as arizona <laughs> yeah arizona's special hot man <laughs> that desert but it's so beautiful in the fall and winter over there though i tell you I, gonna... arizona's actually on my list of places to visit just to explore not for a particular reason just to just to see it it's a great i will tell you it's a great experience um about eight months of the year you just have to avoid those four months between may and september <laughs> uh, but if you do that then yeah you're it's a great place to visit the falls are beautiful the winters yep. are even greater um and then we have a lot of great um areas within an hour and a half or so that you could drive to uh, like Sedona, for example, which is absolutely gorgeous up there. So, yeah, definitely encourage you to come out and check us out if you haven't been before. Good to know. I definitely will. Yeah. So, well, all right. So, we're what are we talking about today? We're talking about well, Nikki's uh, going to talk Nikki's about herself in accounting, right? Her career in accounting and also her right. contribution, which we'll get to later. This will be fun to talk about her contributions and in increasing 
the number of uh, African-Americans or black, I don't know what we're supposed to call ourselves anymore, that are getting CPA licenses, which I know she doesn't get enough credit for. So that's part of the reason why I want to bring her to talk about that. Because Nations, you and I have gone back and forth about that. So we have the authority so she can help settle who's right about what we've said in the past. So I'll, I'll speak my piece, but I don't want to be the referee between the two of y'all. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody, everybody's right in this case. No, yeah. I mean, it's so many different ways to, to look at it and think about it. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation and really amplifying the message behind it. It's just, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense, but we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. Okay. So start off, how did you become a CPA? Cause uh, you know, what it drew you and where'd you start and what, what are your focus areas and what do you like about what you do now? It's funny you asked me that, what, how, what made me want to become a CPA? Because about a month ago, I went back to my alma mater and I stood with my daughter in this very lecture room that attracted me to accounting. So um, my son is a football player. He's on the summer, the football camp circuit this summer. And his mm. first stop was at The Ohio State University. And at uh -oh. first, I'm crazy that my son is going to football camp at my alma mater, but it was, it was burning up in Ohio that week. It was like 90 plus degrees the whole week. And so I said, let me take my daughter to do something so that we're not just sitting on the field all day. And the business school is right around the corner from the football, um, the football part. I should call it the football campus. It's like his own little campus. Yeah. Um, but I took her on the tour of the Fisher College of Business and I walked into that lecture hall like, wow, I remember sitting in these seats and feeling like I'm not really sure what Professor Pelfrey is talking about, but it's pretty intriguing and it's making me think about things in a way I've never thought about it before. And my brain is twisted, but I will be back tomorrow because I, I love that, whatever that was. And I was in this accounting one-on-one -on -one course and it was it was so intriguing to me. And so the more I went to class, paid attention, did my work, I started putting the pieces together like, okay, every company needs an accountant. And if something bad happens, like if you get laid off, the accountants are the ones turning off the lights because we live in the past and while everybody's talking about july we're probably still talking about june so i looked at it as okay i'm i'm learning something that i like and sounds like a pretty good path as far as stability in, in a career and if everybody needs us we should be able to charge a premium for that so these were the thoughts I was having with my 19. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can you say that last part one more time? Because people like Adam Markowitz pissed me off about the premium pricing. Yeah, I said it. I Yeah, I, Eric Pierce said Adam Markowitz pissed me off about pricing. Him and his hypocrisy, inheriting a family business, being in a market where he controls everything. But go ahead, Nikki, say that one more time. Listen, we go to school, we study, we research to become experts. And we have the right, and really, in my opinion, the obligation to charge a premium for our services, our expertise that you can't get from any other department in your company. 
Now, do you think that premiums should be charged only by CPAs? Or do you think that enrolled agents, anybody that is an accountant can charge that premium? Because that's also been a debate as well. So I'm going to reflect on my corporate experience for a second. Um, I had this girl on my team that worked for me and we were working for this company lot of ambiguity you really had to be self-directed and be motivated to get the job done because there wasn't a lot of direction and she was a very strong accountant as far as account wrecks are messed up she can come in clean up six months worth of bank wrecks like it's nothing um as far as month in close just being proactive getting things done asking the questions and she and i went through this job we essentially knew our jobs were coming to an end because the company was running out of money, basically. Um, so we were literally just like <laughs> trying to open up our parachutes as we knew that this, this I hate to use that analogy, but we knew that this ship was going down. And we ended up, we parted ways because everybody left the company and it went under and we went on about our careers. And a couple years later, I was in a leadership role where I needed a strong accountant. And I just reached out to her like, hmm, let me see what she's doing these days and sent her a note. Hey, what are you into? I'm in this new role. I'm looking for some strong people. Wanted to see if you were open to it. And she's like, yes, I would love to come work for you again. So long story short, I brought her into the company, but just a real quick leadership tip. I didn't want my existing team to feel like, oh, she's just bringing in all her people that she knows. So I brought her in for my team to interview her independently without me in the room. And so I was super transparent with them. Like, look, she used to work for me. She's really good. And she has the skill sets that we need to get this work done and get caught up. But I want y'all to also have a conversation with her to form your own opinions and make sure this is somebody that you can work with because I don't, again, I didn't want my team to feel like, okay, she's just bring, you know, just going to bring in a whole team of new people that she used to work with. And so we all agreed that she was the right person and she blended in very well and even stood out to other people about the quality of work that she did. And I say all of that because with each one of my team members, we had weekly or bi-weekly career conversations. And one of the things that she said, because I asked her, so you have the skills, like what's up with taking the CPA exam? And she was very clear, like, Nikki, I do not want to do that. I do not have a desire to, to be a CPA, to do any of that. I am super happy um, doing general ledger work and, and focusing on analysis. So that's my long winded answer to that question. But I, I have personal experiences where I have seen accountants, non-accountants run circles around CPAs yeah. because the girl who I hired, she was working very closely with another senior accountant who was a CPA who didn't know which way was up from an accounting perspective. So that's why I say there are good accountants who are CPAs and there are CPAs who are really good test takers. Yeah, sounds like a quarter of my peer group at the big four. <laughs> you know what, public accounting, I had three things on my list when I graduated that I absolutely did not wanna do. And public accounting was on that list. And part of that was because of the way that 
our career services office presented public accounting. It's like, you'll be traveling all the time. You're living out of a suitcase. It's very rigid. It's this, it's this. And I was like, for somebody who has been in school for, it, it took me five years to get through. Um, I had lightened my course load somewhat because I was working. I was into like going to class from 10 to three and I was working from six to 11 and I only stayed on campus for the freshman year. I had my own apartment and my car. Like I was taking care of business and going to school. So I extended my time um, to get through school because I was working. Mm. Um, and it had nothing to do with like trying to pay loans. I graduated with no student debt thanks to the Young Scholars Program at The Ohio State University. I went to school on a five-year academic scholarship. So it was just more so I liked money. I liked having my own things. And um, I had an apartment and I had what I thought was a really nice apartment, buying furniture and making it look cute. So I um, I took a little bit of extra time because I wanted to work. Well, I did five years because we had that master's of accounting program. So in Texas, we could sit for the exam. Uh, but my dad paid for my uh, tuition. I had to pay for my books. And if I partied, mm -hmm. I had to pay for everything. So I lived in the library for five years. So I didn't do anything crazy. Well, hey, that's that's a deal. Because a lot of my classmates, yeah. my friends who look like you don't have a daddy who can pay the no, tuition. No, I, I agree. That, you know, it's funny because I grew up in Katy and but my family being Haitians, my, you know, a lot of my family members were well-to-do. So I was used to be around well-to-do people with black faces and then going to East Texas and then seeing that reality, you know, it was, it was very humbling. I sometimes have a hard time relating to the African-American culture. Cause you know, if you know the history of Haiti, we actually earned our freedom. We don't have a white hero in our story, which makes a lot of Americans and Europeans uncomfortable because there's not a white, you cannot find one. So, you know, the th you know some of the, th some of the cultural differences, there are similarities, obviously, you know, we're all loud and crazy, you know, and a bunch of us gather, we gotta be quiet, right? And they follow us the same, but in all seriousness, you know, the the thing, the um, not seeing many Walter African-Americans, you know, is something that sometimes, because, you know, I have uncles that are doctors. I had uncles that are ministers of finance. My grandfather was the grandmaster in Haiti, chess trophy mm -hmm. named after him. So I was used to seeing black excellence all through my life. And yeah. I go to college campus and was quite like that. Most Americans only assume black excellence to be in entertainment and sports. Yeah. They're shocked when I'm in an elevator, someone like me, Ignatius, and they, you know, they assume that we're linemen or basketball players and they just can't believe that we're running, you know, big CPA firms. Mm -hmm. People are shocked. I would give interviews to Forbes about taxes instead of the NBA draft. You know, so. mm -hmm. See, and that's I'm glad that you brought brought up that distinction because that distinction exists within the black community, the black versus Haitian, a white person is looking at you just like somebody who grew up next to me in Cincinnati. Even though yeah. you're, you know, different nationality, different background, they're looking at the level of melanin in our skin. Like, oh, y'all are right. all the same. And there's way more of, there's far less of you as far yes. as being a, a, a black, a successful black man who has a family history of success and being able to 
ascend to certain levels. Whereas a lot of us are <laughs> getting it out the mud, you know, born, yeah. born, not even at zero, born into the negative, And you have to dig your way to zero just to ascend to anything. And one of the things that I did in my firm, because I wanted my firm to be rooted in education is I started a, a financial literacy pillar of my firm to talk about these types of things. Like if, if you meet a 30 something year old man who has a 550 credit score, his mama probably got that. His grandmama probably got oh. a 550, you know, mm -hmm. his daddy, yeah. everybody around him, but he probably got a hell of a shoe collection. He probably got a nice car. And I'm not saying this to be stereotypical because hey, I, I have a shoe collection. You watch that. <laughs> I have a, a different shoe collection. I have a, a, a pump collection. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I, I also collect Ferragamos, by the way, not just Jordans. I just don't show the Ferragamos. That's the. So. <laughs> I love my Italian shoes. See, now we about to get too bougie because I was about to turn around. Like I do got a couple Chanel shoe boxes back there oh, too. Now we being black CPA bougie. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm saying that because this is the reality of a lot of people I know is that yeah. they they're worried about what what image they're projecting on the outside and not thinking about how can I take the money that I earn from my job and make it work for me instead of me having to constantly work for my money. So I started creating courses on how to raise that 550 credit score, what goes into a credit score, again, how to make your money work for you. Because if you work at a nine to five and you get paid $1,200 and you spend in 1100 of that on trying to live and get by, then it's something you're never going to be able to get ahead. It's always going to be you just trying to keep up versus actually ascending. So I just feel like it has to start with us. Yep. And if I can take what I've learned and what I've seen in my community and say, this is how we unlearn certain things. Um, yeah. And, and trying to switch the narrative to make us more investors and saying, let me go, you know, buy a stake in a brand like Target or Jordan or yeah. or Sony or Microsoft instead of being in line to get the shoes and to get the consoles. So that was the oh. gist of me saying that is like, yeah. I need to really add something like that to my firm because I'm usually cleaning up people's accounting messes or be reacting to something that happened where they didn't get an, attor an attorney or a CPA from the beginning. They get a sales tax bill and they don't know why. Um, a lot of the things that I found myself doing um, as far as like being the cleanup person is because of a lack of education. So now I said, let me educate the future CPAs on how to get ready for the exam. Let me educate the business owners with business coaching to say, listen, you don't have to work in the accounting department, but at least be able to speak intelligently about what your business is doing, how you're performing, understand what your margin is, because that's something every time I say to a potential client, what was your margin? My what? What, what 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 is that like they don't even know and so 
and then taking that a step further to educating the whole community when these 18 year old boys are getting drafted in these 150 million dollar contracts and their parents never made more than 30,000 a year yeah how can we get them on the right track so I, I started working in the nail the nail space the name image and likeness space because I felt like a lot of the issues that we're seeing specifically in the black and brown communities is because the education is not there. As I was listening to you, I'm just like, we have said all that stuff on this podcast over the, the, the year that we've been doing it and, um, and then more, right? So, and what you're talking about is a huge passion of mine as well. Um, I'm all about trying to educate and hopefully get people to uh, change their mindset on some things and to think differently about how to uh, invest wisely and save and not just spend. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I do, you know, a lot of the YouTube videos that I do and some of the other social media stuff. Um, it's not really intended to get me, you know, new clients or business. It's really more so to hopefully reach out and hit somebody who um, just needs a little bit of knowledge to, to grow. Um, but, you know, I think that's important that we um, need to do that as a community because you're right. I mean, people are not getting that education or that experience from their home lives. I mean, I came from a uh, different story than Eric. You know, I, I came from a, a background where I if I didn't get a scholarship to college, I wasn't going to college uh, more likely than not. And so, you know, thankfully, you know, I, my, I was always really committed to my education and, um, you know, got very good grades, ended up getting, you know, full ride um, to Arizona State University. Um, in fact, they almost paid me to go to college <laughs> between all the grants and scholarships that I received. And so it was, you know, but I, I take that, you know, as it, my life could have been a lot different, you know, had I not, you know, had that drive or that ambition to do that um had my parents not kind of instilled in me the importance of trying to do that and my sister frankly just went a, we're complete polar opposites we went a completely different direction uh in both of our lives and so that is very important and i'm glad you brought that up as a topic because we need to do more and i would i would love to do more i'd love to have more reach we got to figure out some way to to get more programs like that out there for the community um because you know it's it's tough i mean getting people to show up for something like that is also tough you know even though they need the knowledge they don't want to yeah. put the time into it in a lot of cases yeah, and, so yeah very good point and i feel like i try to even with my program with the financial literacy i said i can just create some content and just put it out there like like you yeah. mentioned it, because i don't really care to make money off that i i win when you take when you do what i say if you when your credit goes from 550 to 750 that's when i win so um i'm i'm trying to figure out the same thing is how do i put it out there but tbd and we can probably talk at another time about some stuff and put our heads together because i feel like there's a lot of of us especially in the black cpa community we're trying to do a lot of the same things yeah and we're all trying to figure out how do i reach this audience how do i get this how do i get that and we probably all can connect each other to something that we all need if we're working collectively i agree but there's a couple of challenges we have so you know in the black so i guess being black 
you know, my dad is a CPA, so I'm actually a second generation CPA. Mm. But he admitted to me he never started his own firm because, you know, my dad was on a green card, I think, till 90, 91 mm. on a visa till we became a citizen around that time. He admitted he never started his firm because of racism and being a black CPA in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s versus today, I think we have it easier. Um, second, one of the challenges that we also have is that we have some people that are of our color that put content that confuse the message about what you can and can't do. And I'm going to go ahead and say his name because he's put it out there like Carter Cofield. I've seen a series of videos. He's told people that you can write off your haircut, which very few people can actually do. He's talking about, uh, he, he did a video where he's in Puerto Rico, talking about your vacation, which you can do, but there's strict rules. Like one, you have to have, so for instance, if you're gonna ride your vacation, I've done a video a long time ago, it's the same as one, you need to schedule meetings ahead of time. Second, you need actually 10 meetings every single day that you're at wherever you're at, whether it's Puerto Rico. So I'm actually going to a business conference in Puerto Rico. I do high, I work with high network clients. That's my specialty. Now, I never imagined. I used to really not like wealthy people because where I grew up, you know, we were in country clubs. I thought they're all arrogant. But as I've gotten to know them, they had the same challenges as people that don't have money. But the difference is the reason they are where they're at versus the rest of us are not is they're willing to be relentless in finding the information because, like, to get to that level, you have to be willing to be curious and not accept just any answer. Yep. Our people overall, we tend to accept any answer. We tend to think that, oh, well, if I start a business, white people won't buy from me. Not true. Is it harder? Yeah, it's harder, but it's still possible. Okay. Most of my clients are Caucasian. Some of them have left me, but most of the time it's because of the price, not because I'm black. Okay. Just, let's just be real. But this when you get the opportunity, you know, but we do have to work harder so that when we, when you get the opportunity, you can excel. Hmm. And, oh. the, but, but it's, it's just the willingness to get the financial education. Cause in, and lastly, in our own community, one of the issues that I come across is that some, some black business owners, my first wealthy client was African-American worth a lot of money. I appreciate him giving me opportunity. I still work with him, but some of our people do not, will not listen to us. But if the, if a white guy says the same thing, now he's Jesus Christ. That's true. Which is a, a challenge that we have: the crab in the bucket mentality. Yeah, it's it's the um, it's the Walmart example of, or not even Walmart. I'll even take it a step further and say Gucci. When you go into the Gucci store, you don't ask them why those shoes are nine hundred dollars. So why are you questioning my price? Um, but I, I totally get it. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the person that you, that whose name you mentioned. I, I Carter don't know. Cofield. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the integrity of the information is definitely key and to misinform is only going to land somebody in trouble. If you go to Puerto Rico for four days and two of those four days, you land on the beach, that's not a deduction. So no, it, so like you said, there's the headline sounds good, but there's a whole lot of fine print that you have to specify as a practitioner. Mm -hmm. And I just feel terrible for anybody who took that advice and ran with it. Well, I, yeah, 
I think the way I think he's trying to say there's fine print, but he talks about writing off and he's telling your content to learn more or a guidebook. But there's, you know, fine print. I remember you used to be able to write off uh, entertainment. You know, I used to take mm -hmm. clients to baseball games in, in SoCal. Right. And mm -hmm. you can't do that anymore, which stinks is, you know, now I have, you know, season tickets to Rockets. Nations has Suns season tickets. You can write it off. You have tickets to your cost of goods sold. If you're selling it through your firm that you can do. But otherwise, like just bringing it, you know, I can't write off my right bringing my attorney to the Rockets game when the when Brooklyn was in town. I couldn't do that. I did not do that. But it, it, it hurt my feelings. I could use that write off with, with the money we, we've been making this year. <laughs> so so yeah. I got two things on what you were saying just real quick. First of all, uh, what conference are you going to in Puerto Rico? I might want to come. What? I ain't heard about this one yet, Eric. You, it's, you it, it's, it, it's an insurance conference. They do offer insurance like captives, but it's called Cap Alt, and it's a lot less uh, stringent on disclosures than the captive. And the IRS actually gave this company, Mattis Insurance, a private letter ruling that allows them to do this without being harassed. Mm. So. Oh, okay. Cool. Hey, I, I like insurance. Um, <laughs> so, and the second thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, in terms of people going to or finding, I, I often feel like people will always go with the person who's telling them what they want to hear and confirming what they want the answer to be versus what the correct answer is. And that's a part of the issue with some of these TikTok videos and uh, Twitter stuff and all that kind of thing that's out there is you know people are getting advice from people who are not licensed or certified or any of that and um you know people from people who don't have any liability associated with their saying because they disclaim up the wazoo what they're telling you um and that's just craziness to me but, they but they're charging 500 dollars an hour and people are paying it they're charging my hourly rate i I'm get like, it what <laughs> and, but the, the thing is, they have great personalities or they look a certain way or, you know, whatever the case might be, they're somehow attracted to that individual. And, you know, the people who actually do this for a living, for the most part, may not fit that mold. You know, we don't necessarily have that great personality or that those looks or whatever you want to call it. You might need to speak for yourself, to, young you know? man. So, I model for Dennis Haysbury. I, I don't I don't like that. <laughs> I've I've been I've been homecoming court in my college. I have I, I'm a good looking dude, and I do have personality. I, you I stop didn't that say, blasphemy. Look, you stop that blasphemy. I'm talking about from other people's perspective. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. From our perspective, absolutely, and in, in our community, I'm sure people would be attracted to us, and they would like our personalities in most cases. But if we're talking about outside that of that community yeah. or whatnot, you're not going to really get that vibe. And so, you know to me that's that's why people i think get drawn into some of this other stuff is because of like um there's a guy on uh TikTok that has like seven million followers i think uh duke Love is it uh duke? oh like yeah, yeah duke more yeah and i'm like i mean he's talking about good stuff i mean for the most part i i haven't seen anything too bad on his uh oh we've seen his we've channel seen some stuff he's but, been called out i mean a few things every now and again but for the most part is i mean he I think he's pretty, no he's, he's an enrolled a, he, agent enrolled he, agent yeah. Duke Moore, he, he um, went on good. He's been on CNN podcast. He's been on Good More America uh, with Strahan. So he, he's he got a good public, publicity machine behind him. So he's got a really yeah. good PR agent. 
and he's very personable he talks yeah. he's really smooth and he's mm -hmm. really soothing i've seen some of his clips and i think overall he's knowledgeable yeah but he's he's gotten to some great areas that i would not discuss on camera or even in print yeah. some of the stuff is actually legit strategy but you know for instance i have some strategies that i can make certain types of income tax free i would never put that in a video because too many oh, most cps don't understand it and nacious you remember when for instance nacious and i were at a conference um shout out to accounting web vitus and we shared some of our good stuff we didn't give all of it one guy in particular uh one cpa was grilling me and trying to get me to give away my favorite strategy and I actually bs'd him so if he's listening to me just know i wasn't gonna fall for your bull job dude and the reason I didn't, because he told me who he paid Jackie Meyer to teach him, but he wanted me to give away my knowledge for free. And I said, no, because mm -hmm. I have clients that are paying me thousands of thousands of thousands of dollars where I'm getting fee shares with third parties to execute these strategies. That's a that's disrespectful to those third parties and the clients for me to speak out for free like that. And I have right. contracts and you're not willing to do work yourself and it's and now if you want to bring me a client and work together okay but some of that stuff that duke talks about i don't rec i don't i would not put out in the open because one most people don't have the wealth to do that stuff mm -hmm. and second you're actually making it easy for them to take he's actually hurting his his earning potential because a lot of people are taking information going back to the cpa and doing it cheaper instead of enticing them to contact him to execute an exotic strategy which is legal but the way he wrote he writes it out and says it i don't get into that complex stuff on any program or video ever yeah but i guess the point i was trying to make though is uh, i i agree i mean i don't really think people necessarily are into him uh maybe not 100 percent, anyways based on what he's talking about it's more his personality. Like he does this thing with some rag on his head or something like that and has some, you know, personas and stuff like that. So, and I think that's why people are drawn to it and why he has so many followers and not necessarily the content per se. And so, I don't know. I, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, we, it's almost like you gotta step outside of your, you know, comfort zone as a more traditional cpa type person to to really get that uh the masses into what you're talking about and make it somewhat funny or interesting or yeah. dynamic so anyways well see and that that's where it's important to know who your audience is because not all of those people are going to fit into your every cpa's customer demographic right and i feel like Eric, your clients that you work with are probably not watching TikTok videos all day. No, no. And, they may watch one or two occasionally if, if somebody sends them something that makes them laugh, but no. Right. But they're Most not just they're not investing a huge amounts of time absorbing this information is the point i'm trying to make and no. so here's these people who you say like okay they attract this audience they're charging 500 an hour and then once they get that letter from the irs now they're calling you to fix whatever 
this person did because, okay, how did you find them? Oh, I watched a TikTok video. Okay, that explains it. So you went and followed whatever this person said and filed your tax return and wrote off a vacation with you and your family hanging out for a week for a business that you don't even have. And now you're being audited mm -hmm. and you need somebody to- No calendar it. appointments to prove you met somewhere. No agendas, right? Right. Like I have a high right. network client. He went- he went to Costa Rica with his business partner. I told him when he gets back because they actually have a relationship that I can structure that almost every day can be written off. We have to discuss that and get back. But he's, he's actually with his business partner over there. It was for their birthday, but they always discuss real estate all the time. So I need to go over some of the things he needs to have so that we can write it off in case the IRS takes a look that we can produce the documentation. Because I can promise you that they spoke about their real estate venture every day because they're killing the game. So that's yeah. an example. And that, and that's the thing. I mean, you can do these things, but unfortunately we have people that are just trying to get attention because no one wants to hear about, Hey, you know, you got to have a meeting agenda and yeah. you know, you got to have a business purpose. That's not going to get views on TikTok. Yeah. Because but, that implies that you have to do some work. Right. And, Heaven forbid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So we don't have much time left, but I definitely want to get to the topic about black CPAs and kind of what you're doing in that space, Nikki, in terms of uh, helping to to build or not build, but uh, make more black CPAs, you know, um, out there. And so I don't know if maybe you can share a little bit with this about what you're doing in, in, in that regard. I know you have a pretty cool little uh, program and things of that nature that you do to help people get through that so yeah absolutely um so right now i'm actually starting to prepare for cpa evolution which is about 18 months from now where the entire format and everything of the exam is going to change but in the interim i just backing up to the beginning initially i was thinking that when i started my coaching programs i would have to focus on all four sections of the exam and the content and all these different things. And then I said, that is unrealistic, number one. Um, and my role as a coach is not to give you all the answers, it's to teach you how to think about answering the questions. Um, so anybody who's looking for somebody to just come in and give you all the answers and tell you what to do, it's like, that's that's a waste of your time and money and, and my time as well. And so I, I try to be very direct with candidates up front. It's like, I'm not here to answer all of your questions about whatever question you're stuck on. Are we going to dig into FAR topics and reg and other than BEC? Absolutely. But it even got to a point where I didn't really have to say that anymore because I started out doing individual sessions where me and the candidate were just talking about a specific section. One candidate was stuck on um, how to do the partnerships in, in the reg section. Another one was just stuck on um, the uh, statement of cash flows, direct versus indirect with FAR. So we were digging so deep into the topics. And after we did all of that, they were like, okay, well, can we have another conversation? Cause I need to talk about other stuff. And so the point is, 
my program has evolved to where I've had to do group coaching because I just don't have enough time to do all the individual. But mm -hmm. even in the group coaching sessions, they have become so focused on non-content questions. And I start the sessions with a Q&A because mm. I can come session and talk about what I want to talk about. But the point is for you to get what you came to get from me. And so I usually open it up with a Q&A. And even if I have a topic set aside that I want to talk about, I usually don't get around to it because the Q&A is driving the whole session. And if that's the way it goes, I choose to let it go that way because I feel like the questions that they have are far more important than an update that I can probably send them as an email or something, but they would say things like, okay, I know that you have kids. So how did you study with two kids or you waited, you know, you didn't take the exam right out of college. You waited. Do you think that you should have did it before or after? And all of this stuff that they're asking me is not like, okay, what do I need to know about accounts payable or is governmental on the exam? We had one or two questions about that, but they, they were so curious about strategies, about how to think about it, what happens after you pass the exam and looking for us. And that conversation, mm. conversations that we have were confirmations that they were, they're looking for us. They're looking to see other black CPAs yeah. who can not only relate to the experience of the exam, but kind of what me and Ignatius have talked about is the way that we grew up. A lot of them grew up like we did. How did you pay for the exam? Like, why didn't you give up after the ninth exam if you have to pay every time you take it? I took it 13 times. I didn't know when I was gonna pass, but I knew that I was. And so yeah. I was willing to make that investment in myself. And I, t I bingo, tell them time, like, if this is what you've decided, it, it takes a special person to be an accountant, right? And yes. you have to have a certain way that your brain works, in my opinion, to be an accountant. And so if you decide that this is what you want to pursue as a career path, you have to be willing, like we just said, to do some work and not look at the, at, at the process of preparing for the exam is like, oh, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what to do. Somebody just tell me what's going to be on there. And I'll just study those little pieces. It's like mm, be yeah. willing to educate yourself and be willing to take these course materials as I'm probably going to have to do this in real life. So let yep. me figure out what's going on. I, I like I, that. I like that, that. That's what the black candidates miss from us. They're not going to get that perspective from watching videos and doing lectures where they've paid these other people $4,000 for a plug and play program. And you don't have somebody who's gonna come on the screen and talk to you. Um, mm. So they're, they're missing that perspective. I think there's such an emphasis on, you need to pass the exam. The exam is hard. If you're working right now, you have to figure out how to work and get it done. And there's so much pressure and so much emphasis on getting the license and passing the exams no matter what but the candidates are missing the beauty of the process where you can come out with a license and have so much more technical skills 
yes. just studying for, for the exam. And so that's really what my program has become oh, is, okay, send me y'all questions. Send me the far question that you stuck on. Or we're walk through a simulation, but they are so curious about these things that the content almost becomes secondary. It's like, okay, once I get, once I can get motivated, once I realize that this is what I want to do, once I can try to imagine after this exam, how, how much I've positioned myself in my career, then I'm motivated to go study and learn all these different concepts. But we put yeah. the, for the horse where just pass the exam, just pass the exam, no matter what, but it's, it's levels to that. Well, I was about, so when I passed the exam, uh, I started, Deloitte actually paid for me to take Becker. Um, and so and I know the big four now offering that. I think PwC made an announcement for minorities, candidates, they can give that to them free now, mm-hmm. which they should be given, given that to everybody. Um, but then my employer, I worked for McDermott, my boss, Ro- uh, Robbie Bellamy, had in my contract, I would get an X bonus for passing and I get reimbursed for out-of-pocket expenses. Now, not everybody had gets the opportunity. I was blessed to get that. That's what helped me. Of course, again, I saw my dad pass it, but I got so serious. I didn't go to the barber for like three months to pass the last two sections, FAR and tax. Mm-hmm. And when I passed, the day I passed, I, I had like a miniature fro. <laughs> and, then, and then when I got the email that I passed or letter, Man, I went right, ran to the barbershop. <laughs> Finally, cut that mess off, man. Now, I, I appreciate that uh, what you share because you know, out you know, most of the time the firms are telling you the, the big fir- uh, firm pass, pass, pass. You can't be a uh, you can only be an in charge auditor, not a senior auditor, till you get that CPA license. Pass, 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 pass. You know, corporations, and and I understand it. You know, you, your career is limited, so. They just tell me about the money and unfortunately we don't really get to appreciate the the journey mm-hmm. as a business part of mine justin dean who lives in phoenix has been telling me as you know i'm also a partner in a group called the erc group um and you know we're getting a lot of projects and we had some challenge we've had some challenges that we're overcome he said eric you have to enjoy the journey as much as the destination and i'm yep. starting to think that i think the journey is ultimately the destination I think Absolutely. they're one and the same. And, but you know, wh- it, wh- whether you're making a hundred thousand or you're, you know, we have a eight figure business. We should be nine. Um, you're gonna have those pro- uh, challenges, but it's the opportunities to grow. Yeah. Not only business wise, but personally, you know, I don't. Five years ago, when people yelled at me, I used to talk a lot of, you know what. Uh, you know, today I get yelled at now because of these situations, it's highly leveraged deals where sometimes people with money sometimes say, you know, if I could, a couple minutes ago off and got, got a client whose CPA yelled, likes to yell at me, I just laugh, smile. Mm-hmm. That growing process, you know why? Because I value my future, my future, future wife, future children's legacy more than getting mad at some joker. And guess what? Who between me and the dude? You know who's gonna lie to the bank at the end? Me, not them. So that's. But I had to learn. I had to learn that. Yeah, you gotta enjoy the journey. The other thing is studying for the CPA exam. The four different sections. You can actually make a list of okay, what am I absolutely not going to do? Like me, I have been trying not to 
dip my toe in the tax because I don't like it. But everybody has to do it. And every tax season, I'm referring people to other other black CPAs who are doing taxes because I'm like, I don't want to do it. But now I'm sitting here like I'm finally going to do it. I'm I'm probably going to do it next year. I've been consulting for some other CPAs during the pre previous few tax seasons, like reviewing returns and making last minute adjustments. But like you can figure out what you do and don't like to do so that when you do get your license you're not just like okay i got my license so what am i going to do now you can be there's so much that you can do there's so much that you can learn you can start creating your career path to say okay when i pass the exam i'm going to pursue opportunities in general accounting because i love far or i want to jump into big four or let me start figuring out what areas of practice i want to focus on because i want to start my own firm so there's mm. such a focus on the end goal and not really what you can take from that process and there's no nobody can tell you how long your process is going to take if you're in the elijah watt sales Awardee, great. That was not me. It took me 1,373 days. I X the days off the calendar until I got that congratulatory letter one day at three in the morning and woke up everybody in my house. Um, but awesome. it definitely is a conversation that we have to continue to have and just make sure that the Black accounting students and even the professionals, because it's not just students in my program. There are professionals who have been working in accounting for years who are like, I tried it, I failed, I lost credit, I quit, and now I want to try again. So it's a whole heap of Black professionals that are like, I need help with this exam. And I'm looking for the other people who look like me to help get me through it. Great points. Great points. Um Thanks for, uh, you know, joining us today. Uh, the last thing I'll just ask you is that, you know, if someone's interested in going through your program, you know, and, and getting some help with uh, becoming a, a CPA, um, how can they reach you? They can go to winstoncpagroup.com forward slash CPA exam. I'm at Nick Winston CPA, N-I-K-K-W-I-N-S-T-O-N-C-P-A across all social media, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Um, I share a lot of CPA exam content over there too. I also just launched a CPA exam series of my podcast, which is called the Working Mamas Podcast, the W-E-R-K-I-N oh. Mamas Podcast. It started off as like my frolics and frustrations of being a mom, but then I created a CPA exam series talking about CPA exam strategies. And then I created a hashtag career convo series, which gives career and leadership development advice. So oh, awesome. um, they can oh. definitely reach out. I am here and I am waiting for them to come and get um, what they need to make some change in the industry. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. That's how you get in touch with her, everybody. This has been another wonderful episode of the CPA Huddle. Uh, this is Ignatius L. Jackson. We'll see you later. See ya. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to CPA Huddle. Add us to your listening rotation by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Follow CPA Huddle across all social media platforms. And for more information about the services provided by our firms, 
check us out at www.iljcpa.com or www.pierreaccounting.com. We will be back to huddle up soon.